Hello and welcome to another episode of Our Athletes. My name is Michael Rozeal and I'm the host of the show where I get to have conversations with Olympic athletes, hopefuls, and legends on their story and path to the games. Today, we have Olympic hopeful Santia Deck. She is make trying to make the USA rugby team. She is currently on USA flag football, which is not an Olympic sport yet but we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, she is currently trying to make the USA rugby team amongst many other things that she's doing. She's a social media influencer. She is a business owner. She is a media personality. She is going to be on a reality TV show that's airing on Amazon Prime come the holiday season. So she has a lot of things that she's doing, but her number one goal right now is to make the Olympics, to make Team USA, the rugby team, and go out there and crush it. So very grateful that I had the opportunity to speak with Sandia. Santia, she has such a cool story uh, just from the start. Um, so I'm really, really excited for everybody for, to get to hear it. And without further ado, here is Santia. All right, today's special guest, Santia Deck of Trying Out For, USA Rugby Olympic hopeful, born November 19th, 1991 in Greenville, South Carolina, raised down in Houston, Texas, started running track at the age of seven. I guess who does that? She did, and that's why she's incredible. Um, attended Texas A&M Kingsville and ran track there. Graduated in 2014 or 2015. I missed that. 14. 14. Yeah, we were. I guess we went to school the same year. That makes sense. Started playing flag football in 2015 and is currently playing for US the USA flag football team. Uh, trying to join the USA rugby team and currently plays for the Stars. Uh, of USA Rugby, is a certified personal trainer, a published author, a fitness model, a social media influencer, a TV personality, and a host, Santia. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We appreciate it. No problem. No problem. The pleasure is all mine. Santia, please tell us what it was like growing up in Houston. How was that? Um, I love, I mean, I love Texas, period. Uh, I think if you're born in Texas, it just kind of sticks with you forever. Mm -hmm. uh, it's definitely something to be, pr to be proud of. Um, it was always very hot, <laughs> to say the least. Um, so being an athlete, if you can be successful in Texas, you can kind of be successful anywhere. So I always had that edge, um, definitely coming down to Atlanta, um, where people would normally complain about, oh, it's so hot, it's so hot. I'm like, okay, well, I, I, I'm from Texas, and it's 100 times hotter there. So I can definitely keep up with you guys. And uh, my body was able to adjust. Um, and then just telling people, hey, I was an athlete in Houston, you kind of get, like, you know, kudos for that. Mm -hmm. So it was always a, a good thing being from Houston. Um, and I got a lot of, you know, opportunities because of that. Um, so, yeah, I loved it. I actually miss it, living here in Atlanta. Oh, well, we won't let the people in the great ATL know that. I'm sure you love it in Atlanta as well. But Houston, obviously, your hometown, you're going you're gonna to always have a spot for it. And I think that that's really cool. I mean, one thing, um, you know, which is sports in general, Texas, California, Florida, those are the three places where most of the athletes come from. They're the biggest hubs of sports, as you said. Most of those places are hot, so you're really easily going to weed out the people who are incapable and really they're just a strong survive, and you're clearly one of them. Um, I guess my next question is, you said, you know, when we were off air, you know, athletes in Houston start running track at seven. I mean, why not basketball, man? That's like a fun sport. Track's not fun. Track is the, the practice. Track is what you have to do <laughs> to be able to play on the team. So I guess, what was it like? What do you even run? Were you running like the 50 meter at seven? Like, tell us a little bit about that. Well, actually, the youngest you can start in like running track period is, I think, six, maybe five. 
Oh, so you were kind of, kind of yeah, you were kind of, uh, you were a little lazy, I guess then, huh? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, we were like, me and my, so me and my twin brother, we were, um, born kind of, uh, first of all, we were premature. Um, but when we were born, uh, we were extremely muscular. Uh, like we were, we were super developed, I guess, early. So, um, like we went to the doctor at two to get our checkup and the doctor was like, are your kids using steroids? That's how developed we were. Uh, we had Whoa. like calf muscles and things like that. Um, and so my doctor was like, well, your kids have the bodies of runners. So you need to go ahead and put them in track when they're old enough. And so my mom ended up doing that. Um, and track just became like my life at like seven. And so I knew I wanted to run track the first time. Like I saw a cheetah, you know, on animal planet, I was like, yo, I want to be a cheetah. And my mom was like, well, you can't be a cheetah, but you can run track when you get when you're old enough. And so that's what she did. She put me in there um, and I fell in love with it um, at like seven. I knew I wanted to go to the Olympics um, and I stuck with it all my life. And it got me through college, through a lot of things. That's awesome. Yeah, I've always wanted to be, I would have taken a cheetah. Lion would have been pretty cool too. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like cheetah. That's pretty solid. So you start running track and field and you even said you want, so you went to Texas A&M Kingston or Kingsville. I apologize. You ran track there. Um, that helped you get through college and everything. So where you wanted to go to the Olympics, mo- like obviously flag football is not an Olympic sport yet. We'll see what happens. Anything break dancing I just read might be in the Olympics soon. So shoot, if that's oh in, Hey man, <laughs> each their own. But like, I think there's some other sports that can make it then soon too. But I guess, so at what point did you, I don't want to say realize, but at what point did you decide like, okay, my path to the Olympics can't go through track and field. It's going to have to go through some other route. Um, so I was always very injury prone. Um, I literally was injured almost every year I ran track. Um, and so like, I remember I graduated and because I was always injured, I didn't have the best college career because I would always like, you know, get to the top and then all of a sudden I have a random injury and then my season was done. And so I graduated and I was still trying to go pro after college. Um, but I told myself, I was like, look, if I get injured again, I'm done. And uh, I was actually training for the Olympic trials um, for like the 100 meters and everything. And I was doing really, really good on a great path. Um, and then I got injured. <laughs> I pulled my, well, I strained my uh, my hamstring. And I was like, okay, God, I guess this is your way of saying that I need to be done with this. Which is very hard for me to let go of the track because that's all I knew. Mm-hmm. That was like kind of my identity. Uh, I went through like some depression and everything like that I found flag football thankfully right after that um but that's when I realized like okay track is not gonna be my path to the Olympics and honestly at that point I didn't know if I would even go um but I know I still had that dream and then luckily I found flag football then I played LFL and then I found rugby and now I'm here That is that is pretty that is pretty interesting. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge believer in the universe. Um, it's, it's trying to tell you to, to stop doing something. Clearly, uh, you know, especially as you said, like that many times, God said, "Hey, man, you, you might want to." You know, this is not it. This is not the path. So it's it's. I mean, it takes a it takes a really strong person to actually listen to that. You know, because there are so many people that are just like, "No, nope, nope, nope. This is not there." He's testing me. Like, no, the universe is saying, "No, no, no." It means you want to see how strong you know it but but at some point you do have to understand like maybe that's not it maybe it's a different lesson to learn and, and maybe there's another route that you're gonna have to take maybe it's even a bigger test 
um, you know, that's, that's always the, the possibility. So then where, where did you, where were you even introduced to flag football? Um, honestly, I was on like, um, some app and I was like looking for things to do, like new hobbies. And there was like a post for flag football and I was like, okay, let me just go to a practice. So I went to a practice and I did so good. The coach was like, you have to play for my team. Um, and that's when I realized I was like, okay, well, maybe, maybe something can happen with football. And then like that kind of developed my like passion to play football. And I did so well. I went viral. Julio Jones, you know, shouted me out, made a lot of NFL friends and everything. But um, football is definitely the reason why I'm even playing rugby, to be honest. That's awesome. And that's, that's such a fork in the road. Like you're sitting there bored one night and you're just like, oh, I need something to do. Let me just check out this one app. And oh, hey, this app's like, yeah, you can go play flag football tonight. Yeah, sure. Let's see what happens. And here we are. Um, you know, I always love that stuff. It's definitely pretty <laughs> random, um, but it, it works out. It all right. keeps working out, man. Like, I just think that's so cool. So I guess, tell us, so you, you tried out for a flag football team. You were doing that. Um, then you went to the LFL. Tell us a little about your time at the LFL. Um, it wasn't the best experience for me. Um, it was cool. Um, I definitely met a lot of awesome girls that are super, super athletic. Um, but it was a very, uh, how do I say this in a nice way? Um, it's a very degrading. Uh, sport unfortunately yeah. um and I found that out very quickly uh yeah quickly and I I was a I'm a speaker so going and telling kids and parents that I play LFL that wasn't the uh mm-hmm. <laughs> the best thing um to tell people and definitely when it comes to children and so I started realizing that it was hurting my brain and then also I didn't like the idea of being at games and men are screaming the most disrespectful things you know you can think of in the stands and I was just like, this is not me. This is not my personality. I don't do this type of stuff. And as badly as I wanted to play tackle football, I was like, there has to be another way, you know? And that's when I really just kind of stuck my heels in the ground and really just put all my all into flight football and you know, making the USA team. But um, it wasn't the best, you know, I guess, time for me because I just, it made me in a way like lose a lot of passion for football. Um, but I'm, I was just glad that I did it so that I don't have any regrets because I wanted to just see how I would do and I did. Um, and I realized, like I said, it wasn't for me. Um, mm-hmm. But I do respect the women that do do it because you have to be a super tough woman mentally and physically. Um, but it just wasn't for me. Yeah, and that, that makes sense. It's always been, you know, like a, like a teenage boy's dream kind of thing. Um, but then when you see like 45 year old men there, uh, you know, drinking beer, screaming at you, I can see how that's not really, um, your, your, your cup of tea. Um, and yeah, as you said, yeah. being, being a speaker, um, and you know, going telling, uh, moms and their children that you play there again, I, I don't have a problem with it, but I could see how other people are like, Oh really? Like, Oh, okay. I mean, it's, it's tackle football. Like it's still pretty sweet. And as you said, the women need to be very strong mentally and physically to get through that. So, you know, kudos to them. Um, and I mean, kudos to you again, it's another lesson. You got to keep learning lessons. No such thing as failures, only lessons that you can learn. So, um, you know, it's great that you learned something from it. You now know. Um, so tell it, so, so you went from, you started playing flag football, you went to LFL. So is just so I have the timeline correct after the LFL, you then went and made the team for USA flag football, correct? Yeah, it was probably about maybe, uh, 
I guess when I first started to when I met you, it was maybe two to two to three years okay. in between there. And then, yeah, like I had a, I finally had a shot to go and play for the USA and I, you know, making the team. So Heck it was yeah. a complete process. Yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, you just started playing the sport only a few years ago from right now. Um, so it's impressive that you did it as quickly as you did. Um, I guess, so a couple more questions on that. Cause I'm just what, like, what was that transition period? Like, like, okay, so you're really fast, but in football, you know, there's, it's, it's not straight line speed a hundred percent. Right. So like, where, where did you learn your cutting ability and, and you know, your hands and like, how did you, did you just pick that up very quickly or was that something that you really had to work on and, and learn a lot about? Um, so the weird thing about that, cause people always ask me that, uh, it, it literally came natural. I, I really don't know how I was able to pick up cutting and things like that. But the first practice I ever went to, I was cutting. And uh, that was, I guess, very strange, definitely for track runners, because all we know how to do is run straight. Um, and I was just kind of a anomaly, I guess. I was just kind of unique with that. Um, that's why I got so much attention, because most females, unfortunately, they don't, we don't have that agility because we're not taught that at a young age. Um, but then I also grew up with boys. I was one brother, I have three brothers. They all played football. They were all running backs. So when I was like four and five, I was out there doing drills and tackling with my brothers. Never knew I was going to end up playing, but I got to, I was a tomboy. So I was doing everything they were doing. I was doing the drills and everything. So I think that, of course, helped as well. But I also had some great coaches that helped to polish that up. Um, so I was just lucky. It was something that it came natural. I didn't really have to learn. It didn't take me a long time. But yeah, it just kind of was just ingrained in me, I guess. Not bad. I mean, it was ingrained because you did it at such a young age, right? It's one of those things like you didn't know you're going to need those skills until they pop back up. And uh, it's just, again, everything, it, uh, all these things happen to have, happen to have a reason, uh, which is very interesting. And it's kind of just cool. Um, you've obviously brought up your brothers a few times. Kudos to them for helping you out, I'm sure. Part of uh, part of your success is due to them, as you've already spoke about. So it's uh, that that's pretty fantastic. Um, and then I guess so. Tell us a little bit about like again. You know, as I said off air, I had no idea that USA had a flag football team. Um, I I feel like most people you probably run into say the same thing on that. So I guess what is what is USA flag football like as a national governing body? Like, what's the support like? What's the travel like? What's the schedule like? Like how? Can you just give us any details on that? Because I'm just like, I only know Olympic NGB, so I've never heard of USA flag football, so I have no idea what to even base it off of. Right. Um, so it's, um, it's not, I guess, um, considered professionals, mm -hmm. but it is at the same time. It's kind of weird. Yeah. It's still a lot of stuff that they're building with that because it is so new. Um, and, because like football is not popular overseas, it's still a work in progress. Um, but like in Mexico, it's, they're literally born playing flag football. And mm -hmm. I didn't realize that until they told me that. Um, and we actually played against them in um, Germany. And I got to see how advanced they were. But um, it's still a growing, you know, I guess, brand or whatever. Um, we're still, they're still trying to get other countries involved with it. Um, it's not really much to say about it because um it's just growing a lot we're still trying to get a lot of sponsors we're still trying to get you know opportunities to be on tv more you know media covers and things like that but um it's something that um a guy actually based out of atlanta put together and because he loved flag football and it's pretty big here in atlanta he was like why don't we take it overseas and he did <laughs> 
and uh, it's only been around a couple of years. It's not it's not very new at all, um, but it's growing rapidly. Um, and there's so many overseas tournaments coming up. It's actually amazing that all these countries are like now picking it up. So um, I hope that it gets put in like the actual Olympics one day. Uh, but for right now, it's just you know still not a I guess recognized professional sport yet uh, for women. Unfortunately, of course, the men they have their professional league but we'll get there one day so yeah you know it's, it's a growing sport um and it's definitely an opportunity to get the best of the best together and compete against other countries and it's been amazing so far that is super cool and yeah i didn't realize again it was so young too and you know as you said in mexico they're born playing flag football practically i guess it's that in soccer yeah. um so that is that is pretty cool and it's great to know that around the world it's also um, starting to pop off in a couple places, kind of as you alluded to, is just uh, you know that hive mind mentality. More once one place start does one once somewhere one place start doing it, doing it, doing it. What the heck? Um, <laughs> a lot of other countries are going to start doing it as well, which I think is really cool. Have you seen or have you even recruited? I mean, I'm sure it's it's helped with your your social media presence, which we'll get to in a little bit. But have you recruited any of the the girls and the ladies that you played with over at the Laundry Football League and said, hey? you know, the, it, we're trying to build something here. It's a little, maybe a little bit more up your alley. Are you guys interested in maybe taking less hits, but still, you know, playing the same exciting game that you love so much? Um, Actually, a lot of them do play flag football. Mm-hmm. Um, It's either like some of them play or they just want to do tackle. Just like for flag football, none of them would ever want to play tackle. So it's kind of like either or, to be honest. But there are a few that play like for just recreational purposes. Um, But I don't think for – LFL they want to come in and do flag unfortunately Mm -hmm. but it's a few few. hey can't hurt right at least try and ask them you never know crazier things have happened um and you currently play for a flag football team correct called the stars yeah no uh that's rugby oh oh i'm oh we'll get there we'll get there then i'm (laughs) sorry i jumped the gun a little bit i jumped the gun a little bit um all right cool so that's your football career i'm sure we could go a little bit deeper and a lot deeper on that but clearly um you're crushing it over there on that end so I want to get to everything else. Um, so if everybody missed in the beginning, TV author, reality show, fitness show, um, personality host, um, speaker, social media influencer, where did all of that, how did all of that start? Like, at what, which was first? Which one were you like, hey, this would be fun or, hey, I'm doing really well at this. And then that just kind of blossomed your whole like media personality career. Um, so actually being an Arthur came when I was, in actual high school like I wrote a book in high school um but I got it published when I was a sophomore in college um Mm -hmm. and got it put on Amazon and it was like in my bookstore at Texas A&M that's Um, pretty cool yeah so that was the first huge accomplishment for me um but I actually started building everything else um through social media uh I ended up getting on Instagram super late um probably like two or three years after it came out didn't really care for it because I was, you know, I was on Facebook and stuff. And I thought that was like the social media platform until like my friends were like, oh, you should totally get on Instagram and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, no, I don't care. You just post pictures. And they're like, oh, well, I bet I could get more followers than you. And I'm super competitive. So I was like, OK, let me make a page. And I just started posting pictures and videos of me like working out at in college, like in our weight room. And people started to share it. People started to comment on everything. I started getting shouted out by like bigger social media pages and things like that. Um, and then people started talking about my app, my stomach. They're like, oh man, you have super defined abs for a girl. And 
um, that kind of became my thing. Like I always had to show my abs and that was like part of my branding or whatever. And I started building my followers kind of based off of that. And I started, you know, doing shout out for shout outs with other fitness models and things like that, other athletes. And so like by the time I graduated or was getting close to graduating, I had maybe like 20,000 followers. And so my mom, she owns a production company. She's in media, everything like that. And she was like, you know, maybe we should brand your your look. And I was like, okay. And she was like, well, what should I, I was like, what should I be called? And I was like, oh, maybe Princess of Abs. And she was like, why well, be a princess when you can be a queen? And then that's when Queen of Abs came. Boom. <laughs> um, and when I graduated, I already had a plan. Like my mom had, uh, I created my DVD, created my talk show shortly after. Um, I ended up having my own uh, supplement line. And then it just kind of went from there. Um, but it went fast. I mean, I, I'm definitely blessed to have my mom as my manager because uh, she has a lot of connections. She's helped me out a lot. Um, but yeah, social media all the way. Every opportunity I've gotten since I graduated has been through Instagram. That is awesome. Well, congratulations. Well-deserved. Yeah, your abs, um, I won't show you mine just because I don't want <laughs> you to be jealous as that sound. But um, no, it's incredible. <laughs> all, of your, all of your socials will be in the show notes in case anybody that's listening doesn't follow you, which I mean, I don't know how many millions of followers you have at this point. Not a million yet. I have like what? 326,000. Well, across all, what about across all of them? I know you got a bunch on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, Instagram. You got them everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably in total, probably close to 500,000. All right, that's solid. Yeah, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Hey, man. Well, <laughs> anything we can do to help, believe me, I'm going to do my best. Um, that is just awesome. So uh, tell us a little bit about your book, though. I mean, you wrote a book and you were published by the age of 19, 20. Um, tell us a little bit about that. I know it's pretty important to you. Yeah, so um, my book was actually about, or it is about child abuse. Um, I wrote it because I had friends when I was younger that were abused. Uh, they used to tell me their uh, crazy stories all the time. So I ended up writing a book um to tell their story without telling it because of course i changed the names and then mm-hmm. i made my own characters and everything and the book is actually about a little boy who once who had dreams of going to the nfl but he was getting abused at home so it's kind of about his trials and tribulations and, and protecting the youth and so i felt like that's a good message because that's a, that's a topic that people don't like to talk about but it exists um and i just wanted to bring you know shed light on that subject and that's why i wrote the book that's a pretty um that's a pretty heavy topic for such a young age. It's super impressive that uh, you were able to do that and put all that together and, and get that published. I mean, that's incredible. So congratulations on that, especially about such a, an important topic to you, obviously, with all your friends, but just in like society, I think that that's super important that, um, you know, unless it's, it's kind of one of those, if you don't see anything, you don't say anything. Um, and I think that there's a lot of opportunity where unless somebody tells you, you would never know. Um, so, you know, obviously, you know, kudos to you for being able to do something like that and bringing a little extra awareness to a very serious topic, especially at such a young age. So thank you for that, Cynthia. We appreciate it. Um, and then I know you have obviously the queen of abs, uh, brand, but you have like a fitness show that airs on television, if I'm not mistaken, like every like weekday or every Saturday or Sunday. Can you tell us a little bit about that? That's awesome. Yeah, so um, it's actually, so I have a talk show called Queen of Abs Fitness, um, and it airs currently in Detroit um, on one of their local channels. Uh, it comes on like super early though, like 5 a.m. Uh, those are the people much, that are, those are the people that are working out anyway, so you're good. 
I know that's I, I didn't even think about that until you said that. But yeah. <laughs> um, but pretty much like I interview um fitness enthusiasts, fitness trainers, people that have amazing fitness stories and journeys, uh chefs, um, people like that, and people that own like fitness companies, and we bring them on, they get to ha- kind of have a segment where they talk about their brand and what they do, and then we give them an opportunity to kind of show like their tr- their trademark or you know, their special whatever. Um and then I also have a section where I have a workout workout of the day, uh, so that everybody can work out with me every morning. Um, and then yeah, um, it's literally all about fitness, and people can ask questions. It's a Q and A, you know, part to the to my show as well. So it's all about health and fitness. Um, and I just kind of like, you know, helping people in any way I can to get to where to whatever their goals may be. And uh, yeah, we're actually going to be making a new season pretty soon. Um, so I'm super excited about that. We're going to actually add more professional athletes to the, you know, the mix. Mm-hmm. So you might see some of your favorite football players, baseball players, soccer players, you never know. So I'm excited. <laughs> Heck yeah. That's awesome. Super cool. I'm sure at that point, um, I mean, lucky Detroit market, they get to do it, but, um, you know, hopefully at that point, then we can get this thing nationwide. That'd be incredible. Yes, that's what we're hoping for. Fingers crossed. Well, I'll cross, I'll cross all my fingers for you, Cynthia. I appreciate that. Um, and then you have a reality TV show too, right? That's separate from your talk show? Yes. Or at um, least that's in the works? Are we allowed to talk about that? Yeah, we can. Okay, Actually, cool, yeah, cool, cool. Because we announced it uh, probably about two months ago. So oh, okay, cool. I'm a part of a TV show, a reality show that's based in Atlanta for now. Um, it's called Flex Atlanta, and it's pretty much a reality show about fitness trainers, um, athletes, uh, music artists that's also into fitness. And it's kind of giving, like, our audience, like, a chance to see the real us. Mm-hmm. Because when people think about athletes and, you know, um, people that's into fitness heavy, they think, of, they think that all we do is work out, eat healthy, and go to bed. And it's like, no, there's way more to our lives than just that. We also have drama. We also have personal issues. We also have children, husbands, you know, businesses. A lot of, all of us are entrepreneurs. So you get to see like some of like our crazy moments, our uh, sad moments, everything, like some of the drama in our lives. And we just want to like give people like a real look into like the life of fitness enthusiasts. But it's not ratchet. We're not going to be fighting, pulling out hair, no love and hip hop, you know, stars. So it's going to be pretty interesting. Some of us have millions of followers. Some of us have thousands. You know, there's somebody on there that has a total of 8 million followers. There's, there's a guy on there that has 8 million followers, and he's really, really popular. So you get to see his life, which is he has a crazy, amazing story. So it's just like you get to see some of your favorite Instagram celebrities raw moments. So it's that is that is super cool. Um, I think that's a great great thing to show too. Because yeah, as you said, with a lot of people, um, it's either we see the highlights. So you know, if you're a professional athlete, we see you playing your sport. We don't see the hours upon hours of training, being in the training room, recovery, and and paying attention to your diet. But as you said, that's there's still more to it as well. A lot of people, you know, look at maybe this is kind of um, a little much, but like Kevin Durant owns how many businesses? He's an investor in how many different businesses and so many things that he's doing just on like a, a general basis outside of his sport and staying healthy, you know, hopefully healthier than, um, than we've seen recently. But I mean, it's just one of those things that I think is super impressive. And hopefully, you know, you guys can use guys and girls can shed some light on that and really show 
kind of what it's like. Plus, it's Atlanta. Atlanta, I mean, well-known for the hip-hop culture, well-known for their sports. Um, so I think that that's super cool that you have the uh, the opportunity. And when does when does all that air and when does all that, um, I guess, get, get rocking and rolling when we can watch it? Um, so it's going to be airing around, like, Christmas, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, Christmas time. Um, we can't say the official date yet, but it's definitely going to be around the holiday season. Okay. And is there, is it like a streaming platform? Is it a TV station? Where, oh, sorry. Where no, you're good. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be on Amazon Prime. Oh, that's super cool. Hell yeah. Yeah. Good <laughs> so, for you, girl. That's we're, we're awesome. Super excited. That yeah. is so cool. Oh my goodness. Santia, <laughs> you might be like the most famous person I've ever spoken to. How cool is that? Oh my goodness. <laughs> awesome no i'm kidding i've spoken to some pretty famous people but you're up there you're definitely like top five so that's pretty sweet right i oh, mean that's awesome man. little me out here I'm in new jersey that. um all right cool so that's um again there's so much more we could talk about on that side of your life but i do want to get back to the um um you know the reason we're here this is a podcast about olympians and hopefuls on their story and path to the games and man you're right on your way i mean i think it's super cool so tell us about the transition from flag football um into obviously the LFL USA flag football into USA rugby. And where did you, when was that like aha moment? You're like, wait, my Olympic dream is still possible. Man. Um, it's I have a very interesting story with rugby. Um, so as I was, you know, you know, I was playing flag football. I was doing really well, getting a lot of attention. Um, so one day I was on Facebook and I got like a random DM, uh, from the USA coach at that time. And he was like, hey, um, I've seen your, you play flag football. You're very fast. You're, you're very agile. Have you ever thought about playing rugby? And I was like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> and he was like, um, well, have you ever thought about, you know, maybe trying it and making the Olympic team? And I was like, yeah, I don't care if I have to walk backwards. <laughs> I mean, he was like, well, you're, and I said, but I, but I was like, I honestly don't know anything about rugby. He was like, oh, that's fine. You're fast. We will teach you. I was like, okay. And this was literally the summer before the Olympics. Um, so it was like right there. And so he was like, okay, cool. So the next week I was out in California at the Olympic center. Um, as soon as I landed, he got fired. So <laughs> I was like confused. I was just there and nobody knew what to do with me because I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't even know anything about rugby. And so I was kind of just floating around. I got to do a few drills, but of course, I didn't know what I was doing, so I didn't do very well. And so the new coach that came in, she was like, oh, why are you here? You know, you don't know anything about this sport. And I was like, hey, I was invited because I was fast. And she was like, well, I have a whole different plan, so maybe when you learn how to play, we'll invite you back. And so I ended up going home. I was crying. I was devastated. Um, I didn't know what was the point. Of, you know, that was like a tease for me because it's mm-hmm. like, dang, I just gave up track. Uh, but I just got this opportunity to still go to the Olympics. And now they're telling me there's no way that you can even get a chance to do it. And so um, shortly after that, well, not shortly. So five, I guess four years later. Um, no, so after that, I was like, I'm done. I don't care about rugby. I didn't know anything about it anyway. And that was it. So four years later, um, up at, like now, I ended up getting, um, I kept getting tagged on all these rugby videos. It's this girl named Portia Woodman. She's like the face of rugby for women. She's amazing. She's fast and agile like me. Um, and they were like, man, you can be just like her. You can be better than her. And I was like, you know what? Let me actually try to learn how to play this sport. So I went on LinkedIn, found a coach here in Atlanta, went to a practice, and he was like, man, I think you can make the Olympics team in six months. 
And I was like, really? He was like, yeah, we just got to teach you. And that's what I've been doing ever since. That's insane. I mean, what a, like, what a crazy, like, what a crazy moment. Whereas you say, like, you land and then you're just like, yeah, this guy doesn't, he's not here anymore. Like, what are you doing? It's like, what? Like, what do you mean? That was, yeah, like, it was horrible. Yeah, as you said, a tease, but I mean, that's like, that's got to be so frustrating. And the fact that, like, yeah, if I was you, I would have been like, yeah, screw rugby anyway. Like, it's stupid. <laughs> like, yeah, no, exactly. I don't want to play. I don't need this sport. This sport needs me. And you can walk away. I mean, you know, so that that's just a ridiculous, ridiculous thing to possibly happen. And I mean, that again, like, it sounds like the competitive nature. And you, you said, someone said that you could be better than them. You're like, hmm, let's just see if I can be better than them. And right. so you, you go and find your coach and, and you're rocking and rolling. I mean, that is just incredible. So when, so this was how many months ago? Um, it's, I've been playing a little over a year now. Okay. So it's been about a year now. And so you got a coach, you essentially learned how to play. Uh, when did you, when was the first time you played and what was like that first hit? Like, like kind of remembering back to your, uh, your LFL days. <laughs> um, my first game was like total, I was so confused. I didn't know what was going on. And they say like in rugby, that's just how you learn. You just yeah. have to get thrown out there. Um, I was afraid to tackle. Um, I, I've never been a contact person still, even to this day, I still don't like contact. That's why I play wing. Cause I just get to be fast. Um, but the first time I got hit, um, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. So I, I was like prepared to like have a concussion or something and I got hit and it hurt, but I was like, okay, it's not bad. But I did, that kind of like pushed me to learn how to tackle because I was like, I don't want this to happen to me again. So then I learned how to hit, and uh, now I don't mind hitting people. Um, but luckily, like I said, my position, I guess it's considered the Debo position because we're just giving the ball and we make touchdown our tries. Um, so I'm lucky in that sense that I don't have to take too much contact. But, I, I mean, I love it. It's like my life now. That is that is awesome. And, yeah, I mean, I guess you run faster when you don't want to get hit, right? So, uh, you know, you can pick yeah. up that speed a little bit and uh, yeah. <laughs> make it right in. Oh, that's too funny. Um, that is just so cool. I mean, what a, seriously, the chances of all of these things kind of aligning the way they did is just insane. Um, but, again, like they're all put together. So, after – so, you, you – let's just go over a little recap. So, you left track. Uh, obviously, you got hurt. You were then told about this potential opportunity where you can make the Olympics, which was your dream since you were however young, old, when you first saw your first cheetah. And then – immediately it's taken away from you almost and it's not even your fault it was taken away from you is it just like kind of a crazy happenstance that it did you kind of put that on the back burner was there throughout that time before you picked it up again was there ever like a uh maybe i mean this football thing's not too different so did you ever think about it again or did you really just kind of just shove it away and pretended like it didn't exist i think i thought about thought about it maybe one or two other times because i just literally kept getting tagged mm-hmm. um but it wasn't until, like, I really started researching Portia Woodman. I was like, man, this girl's a beast. And I was like, I can do this. I was like, I, I really feel like I can do it. I need to try. And um, I feel like, honestly, I, I don't believe in I, – I, be, I don't believe in just things happening for no reason. It kept coming up for a reason. I kept people – it just kept showing up on Instagram, on my Facebook. And I'll be – you know, walking around with my friend, they're like, hey, have you heard of this sport card rugby? You know, just like random things with rugby kept happening. And I'm like, okay, maybe this is God speaking through these people and these situations. And maybe I should just really try. 
And so that's when I was like, and I was like, let me just go try. And that's what I did. I love it. I mean, as I told you um, a little earlier, no joke over the last like three weeks uh, or two weeks, even like three or four people are like, Hey, have you ever met this girl? Hey, did you interview yet? Hey, can you do anything? She's a hopeful. And I was just like, all right, all right. We're in contact. She's just across the entire world. I'll get, we'll, we'll get back <laughs> together. We'll get back together. And thankfully we did have the opportunity um, to do that. It's uh, it's pretty crazy how these things work, but they all do. And that's all that matters. Santi, and we're here now. So um, a couple more questions for you, if that's all right. What, what are the similarities and differences? Obviously some of the differences are very obvious um, for lack of a better term and same thing with the differences, but what were some of the things that you were easy, were really easy to pick up about rugby? And what were some of the things that even now only been able to play for a year, you're still kind of not learning on the fly, but really just starting to master your, your skill set. Um, definitely speed and agility part that was, um, that came natural. That wasn't very hard for me. Everything else has been a challenge. Um, learning how to properly, well, in catching, catching locally, casting is still something I'm working on to this day. Tackling is still something I'm working on. Um, getting used to contact is still something that I'm, I'm still trying to get used to just because I have brothers that play football and I'm just really worried about concussions. So sometimes I overthink that type of stuff. Um, and that's about, that's really it. Um, some of the similarity are, well, I guess I didn't say that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so some of the differences in the similarities. Yeah. I can't even talk right now. Girl, girl you're great. Similarities. There you're go. great. It's late <laughs> at night. It's not a big deal. It's, it's cool. I've messed <laughs> up a couple of my words today already too. So you're perfect. Um, <laughs> No, that is just, again, obviously, it seems like a very, there's enough similarities there that it was probably relatively easy to pick up. Obviously, again, the rules, as you said, it's kind of, the best way to learn is to kind of go out there and see what the heck is going on. Um, and clearly, you've been able to do that a little bit. So, um, kudos there. What do you need to do to qualify for the Olympic team? Um, you're currently playing for the Stars. I messed that up a little bit earlier. We now know that I was wrong. Um, so you're currently playing and, and you're going around the world, obviously, you know, the reason this interview was put off for a, a month, if not even more is because you're over in New Zealand um, training and making, and, you know, honing your skills. So what else do you have to do? And, and what is the breakdown of the USA team to make sure that Santia deck will be there? Um, so with rugby, it's a million different ways to get there. Um, but ultimately you have to be invited for an official tryout. Um, like I did the first time I ever was introduced to the sport. Uh, but you have to be invited out, do a tryout. Um, if they like you, they can literally sign you that same day. Um, and you can be a part of the team. Um, or they might say, hey, you know, we want you, but, you know, let us get some things together and come back out in two months or whatever. Um, but ultimately, the, co the USA coach has to say, okay. I mean, that's kind of what we're, we've been trying to campaign for uh, because he has – some very good players obviously right now but they're trying to you know campaign for me to get an opportunity because of my speed and as you know in rugby if you're fast that helps everybody <laughs> um so we're trying to campaign trying to get him interested um he knows about me so it's not like he doesn't know um we're just trying to keep throwing me in his face enough times for him to be like okay fine just bring this girl out um I have some people that's actually on the team that plays for the USA team that's trying to campaign for me so I have a lot of people in his ear. So we're just praying and hoping that he just says, okay, fine. I'm tired of hearing about her. Bring her out here, give her a chance, and that's it. So 
Um, that's what I'm working towards. I'm just trying to keep being in his face, all up in his face, um, until he has no choice but to just say, hey, fine, whatever, bring her out. And yeah, that's kind of the process. He just has to say yes, honestly. So for everybody listening, it sounds like we have to continuously send the coach of USA Rugby, the female coach of USA Rugby, a lot of videos of Santia. So hopefully we can uh, flood his inbox to the point where he either can't use it or he kind of just has to say, yeah, come on out. We'll see what happens. Um, so that, that'll be our goal. How's that sound? That sounds perfect. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. And it sounds like my, my follow-up question to that was going to be like, you know, have you had any interaction with some of the girls on the team? But it sounds like if you have them campaigning for you, it sounds like you have a pretty good relationship with a few of them already. Yeah, I've actually um, been on live with one of them. She plays my position. Uh, she's a, she reached out to me and was like, why aren't you on our team? And I was like, shoot, you tell me. I'm trying to get there. So she said she, she talked to the coach a few times, and he knows. I mean, there's people that's been asking. So I feel like it's definitely going to happen. Um, I feel like God didn't bring me to this point for no reason. Um, so it's just just a fight right now. I'm just kind of uphill battle until, you know, we get to the point to where he's like, okay, fine, bring her out. Is so, it is there like a set time for tryouts? Like, is it every year in yeah. August or okay? It is okay. I wasn't sure, but when is that? So actually, the deadline is September. So it's like we're literally right around the corner. So I have to get a yes by September. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, audience, you heard that from Cynthia herself. Start sending some videos. Do you have his email? No, I'm yeah. kidding. We can just look his email up, HS up online. That's easy. Good stuff. Well, congratulations for that. And, um, you know, so you're currently Olympic hopeful if you make the team. Um, I feel like you have a really good shot at making the Olympics. So that'll be pretty darn sweet. We'll see how that goes. So congratulations on all that, Cynthia. Obviously, your sports career is – it's started. I mean, you're – you're my age. You're 27. Your birthday's only a couple of days after mine. So hopefully we can get you there and you can rock and roll and show the the rest of the world. You know, you already have a couple of people knowing what you're doing. Uh, show the rest of the world what you got. So um, congratulations on all of that stuff. It's absolutely incredible. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. No, of course. Um, so a couple more questions. I only have a couple more minutes. So I apologize. But I know um, one thing that's super important to you is your foundations, uh, your foundation. Girls can do it too. Can you give us a little bit of information on that and uh, what it is and how you started it and what, what the mission of it is? So um, it's actually not completed yet. Um, okay. But we are working on that. Um, okay. Unfortunately, it's been kind of pushed to the back burner mm-hmm. because of the Olympics. Um, but pretty much what it is, um, I so when I was younger, um, I was lucky enough to be a little girl that got a chance to work out with, you know, my brothers and do the speed and jiggly ladders and cone drills and things like that. And because of that, I grew up to be, you know, um, an athlete that always had an edge. Um, now definitely like in football and rugby. Um, so something that I, I remember when I was in school, like there was always camps for guys. My brothers used to go to like a million, you know, speed and agility camps, training camps all during the, you know, the, like during the summer, but there was never anything for the, for the girls. It was like either boys only or boys, but girls can come too. And because of that, I feel like that's why a lot of women have no idea how to do um, speed and agility drills. They, they're not very agile sometimes ever, or maybe not until college. Um, and I feel like that's not fair. You know, it's not fair that we had, we, we weren't taught how to do speed and agility ladders, how to do cone drills, how to move left and right and, you know, move our hips and things like that. Because like soccer, 
and even baseball. And honestly, any sport, you need agility to, to some degree. So imagine if you're starting at four and five, like the guys, and then you're working on all those, you know, techniques and drills when you're young, how much more advanced you're going to be and how, how, and probably you'll get a, it's a better chance that you'll get a scholarship because you're going to be a different type of athlete. So what I decided to do was um, I wanted to start doing camps all around the world um, that's speed and agility based. Um, and I want to bring out um, mostly female athletes, professional athletes that maybe played in the WNBA or ran track or played softball or whatever. And they're teaching these young girls how to do these drills so that they can have that as they need to get that scholarship or to go and make the A team or B team or whatever. Um, and then I want to have some of the guys come out and talk to the girls about why speed and agility is, is important and also help with drills. And then I want to have um, female athletes come out and speak to the girls and, and, you know, answer their questions about, like, how, like, whatever role they took to get to where they're at. Like, if, for example, Serena Williams came out. Like, I would want her to talk to the girls about, hey, this is what I did to get here. This is what you need to avoid. This is what you need to do. Because that's important. You need, little girls need to see other women, powerful women, um, doing, you know, whatever it is they're doing so they know it's possible. Because little boys, from the time they're like five and six, they have, you know, Barry Sanders coming in to speak, you know, speak for career day. But as a woman, I never knew, I, I, I can't remember one time a professional female athlete came and talked to me at school about anything. I always have to look at my brothers or, you know, look, go and watch TV or something. But I feel like it's important for them to see their idols in real life. Um, and then at the end of the, the year, I want to give away five scholarships. So. Nice. I'll cut off. My brain's a little scattered, but you got to get the point. <laughs> I get it. No, I think Pretty it's. Much I just wanted to be to where I'm empowering these little girls to chase, chase their dreams and they actually get to see their idols and get to ask them questions and get that extra push and motivation to continue to chase their dreams. I love it. All based around speed and agility and some abs, right? You got to get the ab works out in yeah, there too. Yeah. It, Come on, girl. You got to do that. I love it. I love it. No, that is, that is so cool. Just, uh, I totally agree with you. Um, you know, obviously we've, We've lived pretty much the same amount of time on this planet, um, but definitely have had some pretty different experiences. But I, I will agree with you. Very few times have I seen a professional uh, female athlete come speak to a school or, or really just anything in general. Um, and, you know, obviously that was a sign of the times. There wasn't too many back then. There are obviously more now, and especially with social media and things like that, that hopefully we'll be able to change that. And hopefully with your presence you currently have and, and the ability for your mom uh, to create TV shows, I'm sure that there's something something that we can do there um, and, you know, kind of rock and roll with that. So I think that's a great mission. I think it's a great goal. And, uh, you know, obviously giving away the scholarships, but also just teaching these girls that there's an opportunity for them. Um, to get scholarships if you just focus on a couple different aspects of life that not many of them really are focused on growing up. So I think that's super smart on your part. Um, and then, yeah, having just people come and speak with kids, that is literally life-changing to them. I mean, I remember the first time I, you know, met one of my favorite athletes. Like, it's literally a life-changing moment. You remember it for the rest of your life. So I think that is super incredible. So thank you so much, Santia. Uh, that's about it for me. Uh, sincerely appreciate it. Santia Deck. USA Rugby, Olympic hopeful, USA flag football, um, TV uh, author, TV personality, uh, host and author, reality TV show, a fitness show, Amazon Prime coming up at Queen of Abs. Make sure you check her out. All of her information will be in the show notes. Cynthia, thank you so much. I appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Our Athletes with Santia Deck. As I said, she has such a cool story. She's doing so many, so many, so many things. I don't know how many hours she has in a day, but as I said, her number one goal is to go out there, make Team USA, make uh, USA Rugby, go out and crush it in the 2020 games, and hopefully we'll be able to see her in less than a year. So please make sure to follow Santia on all of her socials. Everything is in the show notes, including her website, including her foundation, all of that stuff. She has some really cool things going on. So hopefully you can go check that out. Make sure to follow us too at ourathletes.us on Instagram, at ourathletesusa on Twitter. Check me out on LinkedIn, Michael Raziel. Make sure to send me some feedback, michael at ourathletes.us. Check out the website too, www.ourathletes.us. we got some cool stuff going on there. So uh, thank you all so much. Sincerely appreciate it. Please rate this five stars. This always helps. We get more people to see and hear about the show, uh, especially with the Olympics less than a year away. I'm really hoping that people will start to remember um, the general public. And, uh, you know, we can just hear some of the most incredible people on planet Earth do their thing and, and how they got here. So thank you all so much, and I hope you make it a wonderful day.